Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, Coach. Uh, welcome to the podcast today. Before we jump in, I would like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Bar none. They are awesome. They rock. Uh, mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Um, those machines are sturdy. They, they will not break down. They were like my old Explorer. They run, 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 run. Um, also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's your one-stop shop for basketball coaches. Um, it's unlike anything out there, you know, you can join all these other courses, but I'm guarantee you don't get their cell phone number. You don't get one-on-one calls. You don't get, you know, Hey, Tuesday, I need to call with you. Um, that's what teach makes teachhoops.com different. We have everything you need to become a better basketball coach. Doesn't matter if you're youth, doesn't matter if you're high school, doesn't matter if you're college. We're here to help. We're here to mentor you through this great journey we call coaching. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today and taking time. I know how busy everyone is uh, this time of year to, to listen to our, our podcasts. Um, I have a great interview today with Tim Rice. Um, a very unique journey is what I'm going to say for Tim. Tim, Tim has had a... Uh, you're going to love kind of where he has started and where he has come from and um, the journey he has made. Uh, so what I would like you to do is kind of tell us a little bit about your coaching journey, kind of, you know, just reading your resume this afternoon after school and, um, you know, kind of your journey. You have a very unique journey. So if you could just share it with everybody that's listening. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I got started um, right out of high school. I was, um, I went to a junior college at Enterprise State Junior College in Enterprise, Alabama, in 1988. And uh, you know, I uh, I was a uh, as a student in high school. I, I pretty much did not give uh, a care about my academics, unfortunately, and I uh, ended up um, uh, going to live with my dad in Enterprise, Alabama. And uh, I took a class, a bowling class, the summer of 1988. The teacher was Sid Elliott, and Sid played at Tennessee and was the head basketball coach at Enterprise State. And, and I started talking to him and said, Hey, uh, 
you know, I'm interested in being involved in an athletic program here. And he's like, well, we, you know, we have a manager scholarship and, you know, that we can offer someone. And of course, when I heard that, I, I jumped at the chance and, um, you know, was involved for two years there at, at Enterprise and then had the opportunity to go to uh, Mobile College in Mobile, Alabama. It's now NAI. Well, I was uh, NAI then, but now known as University of Mobile. And I was a student assistant for Dr. Bill Elder, who uh, you know won nearly 600 games at Mobile and Montebello and uh, now, now Alabama. And, you know, NAI Hall, same guy. And, you know, I learned, he's my mentor, I learned a ton from him. And, you know, when I graduated in 1993, I kind of started the journeyman uh, approach to coaching. I've you know lived all over the United States since then. Uh, I was a high school coach at Faith Academy in Mobile, Alabama, for a year. Then went to uh, Owatonna, Minnesota, in uh, 1994, and uh, served for two years at a small Christian college called Pillsbury College uh, up there. Um, and you know, met my wife Candy. Um, she jumped on the journey with me, um, and uh, we ended up uh, from there going uh, to Kansas City, Missouri, Williamstown, Massachusetts, Grove City, Pennsylvania, Hiram, Ohio, Denver, Colorado, and uh, now uh, down in Texas. And also, we were in Ireland for uh, eight months last year doing some consulting as well. So uh, it's been a quite the adventure. Um, fortunately for me, you know, I've, I went out and uh, you know, did better as a student, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> at the uh, graduate and doctoral levels. And so, you know, I ended up uh, earning a doctorate in sports management in 2005. And, um, you know, I, I do consulting with uh, my company, Basketball Mentoring. And then I also uh, am a consultant with Basketball Ireland, um, where I basically am uh, with the elite performance committee within Basketball Ireland. And we are are overall the governing of the national team program there uh, that plays in the European championships every year, the FIBA championships. So uh, had a, a lot of uh, cool experiences, met a lot of great people for the last till 25 years. Well, you know, and I, and I look at this, first of all, I'll hire you tomorrow because I'm looking at this resume. Oh my goodness. But um, so you, you taught, you were a golf coach too. And what I have found among coaches is coaches and teachers are, are, are virtually the same thing. And that, and sure. that most, most of us have done our fair share of more than just basketball at some point in our career. <laughs> and I, and I think it right. makes us, I think it makes us, you know, it makes us better coaches. I really do. Um, you know, being well, a, I would say, you know, the one, one thing I would say about it, uh, Steve, is that, you know, I, I look at it like John Wooden looked at it. You know, he, he never really considered himself a coach. He always thought of himself as a teacher. And right. uh, when I get on the court, I, you know, whether it's on the court, the course, or, you know, wherever it might be, um, you know, because I've coached cross country, I've coached soccer, I've, you know, been a director of athletics, a sports integration director, whatever. But I've always felt like when, when you get into a practice setting that that's one of the greatest classrooms that a young person could go into because you have an opportunity to impact tons of people for a lifetime. And uh, it's an important classroom. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, in this business, and you know this very well, um, as do most of the people that are listening to this podcast, that, you know, you have to wear a lot of hats yeah. and you have to be extremely versatile. Yeah. You do. And, and, and you're kind of the first person to bring this up. So I want to come back and talk about the sports psychology part. 
because I'm married to a psychologist. Sure. So at some point I want to come circle back to that. But go, right. kind of talking about the point you just talked about, you know, as a, as a high school coach, as someone that's played all those kind of things, you know, obviously I've ever had, if you watch the, the, the Hurley thing on Showtime right now, he's, he's, he's doing the floors from the Jersey. You do everything, you know, you're a dad, you're sure. a psychologist, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a little bit of everything. Um, and I yeah. think that's such an important part of, I have the same thing in my classroom. It's just, it's such an important part that I think people maybe don't see the importance of it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, I, you know, well, there, the, the thing that makes, well, I believe this, you know, I, I was in the business world for a couple of years um, after my uh, head coaching role at Hiram College ended in 2006. And, you know, the, the things that I learned as a coach for all those years really transferred extremely well into uh, the world that I went into, which was in the sales world, the fundraising world. And, you know, when you're able to juggle as much as you do, yeah. um, you know, as a coach, I mean, right. if you don't, you know, the best ones do, you know, the, the folks that uh, I think a lot of people look at coaches and they think, you know, it's such a glamorous life and, and it's fun. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah. It's uh, fun. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it's fun. But, but at the same time, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of sacrifice. And, you know, I think a lot of people think about when they're watching television and they see that coach, and I think every young coach had, had thought this, I know I did, you know, walk across that court, you know, to go shake the hand of the other opposing head coach and you're in your nice suit and tie and everybody's right. looking at you. And then you figure out that there are only a couple hundred people in the stands at that. Um, and right. you realize that it's not about that. So it's not, it's not, but yeah, hats. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, being, you know, wearing a bunch of, you know, we wear a bunch of hats, but it makes us better in the classroom. It makes us better examples for those people that we are teaching and coaching. Um, and, and I think that that, that's been the thing that has just been impressed upon me over the last five years, especially considering many of my athletes who I recruited as a college assistant and as a college head coach are now in their mid thirties and their parents and they're successful and I'm like, man, when did I get old? Um, right. But, no, I didn't think I think Facebook should be banned for coaches because all of a sudden I see the. <laughs> I, I, I think of those. I think of the young men and the young women I coach, and I just think of them at that age, like that snapshot. And then all of a sudden I see yeah. them doing things with their kids. It's like, oh my gosh, where'd the time go? Um, what I think people don't really yeah. understand too is they see the TV. And they don't. They don't see the. You know. I, I could make I could make more working at a convenience store than I make coaching high school basketball. I don't do, I don't do, yeah. I don't do it for the money, and I don't definitely don't do it for the glamour. I think everybody has right. that, you know, Calipari, Stevens, Coach K kind of thing that they see on TV. Well, those guys are in it for glamour. That's a billion dollar industry. We're in it to just yeah, shape lives. You know, that's what I think. Sometimes people lose that perspective. Um, well, and, and, I, and I'll just take it back. You know, I'll take it back to 1994. And when I moved to Owatonna, Minnesota, you know, the guy I came up to work with, a guy named Scott Williams, and Scott, you know, uh, assisted Eldon Miller in Northern Iowa. Right. And, you know, he, he uh, you know, I, I met him when I was a student assistant at Mobile College because he was an assistant coach for us. And he gave me the opportunity to come up, and I'll never forget driving up with my buddy from Alabama because I'd never been that far north, you know. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect and went up there and 
you know, he's like, Hey, I got this great deal for you. I, you know, I'll get you, I'll give you a meal card, an apartment, and I'll get you a job at the Nike factory store in Medford, Minnesota, which was like 10 minutes down the road. And, and I remember just going, well, where do I sign up? You know, I, right. I don't necessarily, I think it's changed a lot over the last couple of years. I think people look at it for the, the glamour and they don't necessarily, the young folks don't understand that it takes a whole heck of a lot of work and it right. takes sacrifice. And, you know, I jumped in my car and drove, you know, to Minnesota. I didn't get it paid for, you know, <laughs> I just went right. up there and I felt like it was going to, it made a huge difference in my career. I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I hadn't made that jump. There's no right. way. And I, and I, I think this goes back to the business part that you were talking about. I think a lot of it is, is, is networking. You learn, you know, I think of my, I think of my journey and before I got my, before I moved down one seat, I always talk about moving down one seat on that bench. There's a big difference between moving one seat over. Um, I had a oh, lot. Of, yeah. <laughs> there's a big difference. Uh, but all assistants, no, the assistants never think there is, but there is. But I learned so much oh, yeah. from all the great coaches that I was an assistant under that, you know, right. I think, I, I don't think people are patient enough and they're not willing to, you know, you know, I, I think I had six head coaches I was under and I took a little bit of each of them and that became, and then I took a little bit of probably a bigger part of who I was. And then I put that all together and that's who I became as a coach. Um, you know, right. I think people read books and they want to be the next coach K and there's only one coach K, you know, <laughs> you got to figure out what your well, secret sauce is. Well, and, 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 and to, to kind of jump on that a little bit, you know, if you look back to the late 90s when Patino was at Kentucky and how, how Coach Patino's teams played, you know, they're up and right. down the floor, they're pressing all over the place. And, and I just remember as a young coach at that time uh, thinking, well, I want to be just like Coach Patino. I want to do everything the way he does it. And you do really have to figure out who you are as a person. I think many coaches don't think about that enough. I think they try to be uh, – another version of someone else when the best version of, you know, they, they can be the best version of themselves and, and just be themselves. I think that that's the one thing if I were, if anyone's listening, you know, if, if you're a young coach, be true to yourself. I mean, honestly, that, that to me is the one thing, if I could go back and change anything, it would, would be that totally. Right. Would. And, it, and it would be because I, it's similar to my classroom is some years we have to spend more time on one specific math topic than another. Like this year, yeah. I had a team this year that we ended up making it to the state semifinals. And I think, I think we held teams in the forties. Well, you know, 12 years ago when I had a future NBA guy, we were up and down the court, like, you know, as many possible possessions we could have. You, you got to kind of, right. you have to adjust to your classroom, your players. Some years you can do once, you know, it's great to have a system, but you have to be able to tweak the system, at least in my opinion. Um, so oh, I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Let's go back to, I, I want you to talk about the importance of sports psychology um, and, and kind of tell me sure. what, what kind of what you've done. And, and the Ireland thing really intrigues me, what you were doing over in Ireland and then, well, you can talk about it from my standpoint. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, a, as I mentioned earlier, I, I have a doctorate and I have it in sport management from the United States Sports Academy, Daphne, Alabama. And, uh, but I did my dissertation on um, a sports psychology uh, topic. Um, and I've been a, a practicing sport psychology professional. Heck, I think every coach kind of is somewhat, <laughs> you know, but um, I, you know, you have to be here. I think that's what makes uh, the great coaches 
the great ones. I mean, honestly. Um, but the I do I, too. I, well, uh, look before you go too far. I I think I, I think that's one of my strengths is I think I read fifteen to eighteen year old books really well. I mean, part of it is that oh, yeah. psychology part of how do I convince them of things they don't want to be convinced of? How do I, you know, get them to play together rather than as individuals? All these things, all these things that are pulling them in different directions. You know, how is it? Yeah. What kind of psychology can I use to be able to do that? But keep going. I'm sorry. Well, hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe, like, jump up and down. Tell us how, how great we are with uh, Basketball Coach Unplugged, uh, wherever you listen to them, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast, Castify. There's all sorts of them. Anchor. Um, anyway, uh, we would love those. We read every one of those. Um, also, go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. I'm challenging you right now. I, I would first of all challenge you. There's not another membership site like ours where, you know, you, you you can ask my members. You call, you email. I will. I respond like that because this is my this is my thing. I lo I love doing this. Um, also, go over and check out our other podcast, uh, High School Hoops with Jake and I, once a week, and Teacher Side Gig. So especially for those teachers out there that are looking, can hear other teachers that are doing similar things and uh, keeping the. <laughs> keeping the lights on in their in their houses so let's head back yeah no no that's fine no i you know for me uh i've looked at the, what i do i i'm a, a you know a lead faculty member for the university of the rockies which is an online school in denver colorado and i teach masters and doctoral students in sport and performance psychology and a number of my students are actually working with ncaa teams and you know a couple major ones uh one of my students Stu singer works with University of Maryland women's team, um, right. Brenda Fries. And so you, you, uh, the thing you have to do, it, it's kind of like being in sales. You know, you have to sell your players on, you know, kids these days. I mean, when we were growing up, we couldn't, kids haven't necessarily changed. <laughs> I think the approach to meeting kids has, has changed within the coaches. Like right. we have to, you know, when we were growing up, if a coach said, you do this, then you, you just did it. Right. You know, and that was it. Yep. Kids these days want to know why. Right. Well, why are we doing this, coach? Right. And so for me, when it comes down to teaching and, and utilizing sports psychology, I use the Socratic method within my teaching. And, you know, I ask a lot of questions of my players. I don't just say, okay, this is how it's going to be. I ask them, why do we chop our feet on a closeout? Like I, right now I'm working with a club team, the Texas Sharpshooters up in Austin and there's a bunch of seventh graders. You know, I mean, and I'll tell, I'll ask him, why are we, why are we chopping our feet on a closeout? And I ask, and I, I point around and say, answer, give me something. Right. And I have them talk because the, the thing is, if they can understand it and they can verbalize it, then it's not an issue of me saying, well, because a lot of coaches and teachers for that matter, don't really think about, you know, what is in the mind of a kid or what's in the mind of a student they think, well, well, I taught it already and they should get it. But ultimately, yes. in, in, in order for them, to, in order for us to really reach our goals as teachers and leaders, we have to know that they're doing it and they understand it. And the only right. way we can do that is to ask questions. So right. um, for me, for me, I utilize a lot of uh, visualization stuff. I use uh, one of the things that's really a major issue with players is, is negative self-talk. And you know, I, I, I do free this thing line. at the, the end of every practice. Line is true. Yeah. You, you just had, that was where I was heading next. I'm sorry. 
at the end of practice. No, no, no. You're, you're reading my mind here. Yeah. But we were like at the end of every practice, I do this thing called pick me ups. It's a free throw shooting team thing that we finish every practice on. We put everybody at the baseline and I'm the official and they, they start from the left baseline and come out to the free throw line. I give them the ball when they say, thank you, sir. Um, because I want, I want to get into the psychology of the referee too. Right. And I will give them the ball. They'll, if they make the free throw, they go to the end of the line on the right side of the uh, baseline. And, uh, or if they miss, then the next person has to pick them up. And I really talk about how important it is to really think about that, not only in a practice, but to transfer that in a game. And, you know, if a kid misses a shot, my kids on the bench are like, pick us up, man, pick us up. You know, that's a big thing. Another thing that I do with ter- in terms of visualization is I will put – I'll have three players in the free throw uh, drill. I put one player under the basket looking underneath the basket. I have a rebounder and I have a shooter. And every time – I got this from Steve Lamy at Grove City when I was his assistant out in Pennsylvania. When the person shoots a free throw, it goes to that rim – and the person that's on the floor looks at that ball going through the rim and they visualize and see how small the ball is compared to the rim and, and really get a feeling. And I'll, I'll go and help them up. I'll say, what did you see? And I just have them talk. And then we rotate. Person as a rebounder goes to the floor. So, person so, shoots so, goes so, to the rebound so, and so on. I'm trying to visualize where everyone's lined up. So there's a person shooting a free throw. There's a right. person rebounding. Where The rebounder's off to the side. That's correct. Yep. And then the per- the the other person that's looking are they directly under the basket? Are they laying down? Where where are they? That's they're the laying way. down. They're laying down. Yep. Okay. And they're, they're laying down, looking there. straight to the rim. Okay. Yep. That's a great trick. And it, 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 it yeah, it's it's simplistic, but you know the thing is, it gives the, the thing is so many, and you know this as well as anyone. You know, you can almost fit. You know, you can fit three women's balls in a rim. Right. You know, two men's. That ball is so small compared to the rim, but so many times kids think that ball is so big, and we have to do our part to do that. The other thing about free throws, and I'll jump off this, is when I have a kid go to the free throw line, I will say, what are you thinking? Coach, I just don't want to miss. I said, you can't think that way. You have to go up there with a routine. You have to go up there with a clear, like clearing the mechanism, going up there, and truly believing that that ball is going to go in. And really trying to get them to really focus on positive self-talk talk Talk that they're not, you know, saying out loud, although there's some kids that might, but you know, I, I, I think it's really important. Those are just some of the things that I do. So, so let's go. There's just a couple of points. First of all, I, I talk about this. You're talking about the Socratic method. You know, people used to go to schools, horse and buggies. We used to look up things on card catalogs. (laughs) Things change, right? You know, right? You know, we live in a Snapchat world right now. We do. You know, I see it every yeah. day in my in my high school classroom. So that's where we have to help them get out of that quick thing and 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 delve into it. And that's what's great about this kind of stuff that we do. That we do this with leadership and and visualization. All this stuff is like verifying what we're doing is right. But what's crazy, right. I think, in our world is these kids are communicating. I'm, you know, I'm in my office right now doing this. My son's, my, my daughter's in bed, but my son's in the other room guarantees on his phone. But if I put him on a basketball <laughs> court, he'll say three words. You know what I mean? They don't, they, they, they communicate, but they don't really talk. I think that's the easiest way I've described it. They communicate, but they don't really talk. Yeah. Um, and that communication is what 
all these things that you just described really help. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we've all heard or seen the quote from Doc Rivers. If you're not talking, you're not playing defense. And um, I'm a big defensive coach. Right. And I was fortunate to work with Harry Sheehy at Williams, who's now the director of athletics at Dartmouth, and, you know, with Steve Lamy at Grove City, and arguably one of the best teachers I've ever been around, Steve Lamy. He's, 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 he's at Dartmouth now? Uh, uh, Harry Sheehy is. Yeah, he's the athletic director there. And, and wow. he was an incredible coach at Williams. Yeah, I was his assistant in his final team, 1999-2000. Well, I'm sending one of my players to Dartmouth, and I'm a Dartmouth grad. So, wow, small world. Oh, Okay. Wow. Yeah, Harry, Harry's the AD there now. He's a Williams guy, and, and I was fortunate in 99-2000. I, I left a head coaching job at Calvary Bible College in, in Missouri and Kansas City and and uh, went out and worked for free for him, you know, uh, did my mentorship for my master's degree when I was 29 years old. And I, I just tell, turned 29. and I tell all these young coaches, I said, if you want to go do something, go volunteer, work at a camp. If you want to get your name out there, yeah. people just need to learn who you are. Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, it, it, with regard to that, you know, the marketing of in networking, I talk with all my students, I teach for six universities online and, and, um, you know, so I stay pretty busy, but you know, mo most of my students don't understand that, you know, the only way that you're going to really climb any ladders is to know the right people and, and to show them what you're worth and the work ethic you have. Now for me, you know, the whole Ireland thing. It came from working at a camp in, in Racket Lake, New York in 1991. I was there for five summers and I met the basketball coach. There was a guy named Kieran Murphy and, and we developed a great relationship. He gave me my very first team in the summer of 1991. I, I coached the camp, uh, the Racket Lake camps under 12 team at a tournament. And I was 20 years old, just turned 21 that summer. And you know, networking is incredibly important. And I think too many people think that you just, that we all just arrive. Well, let's be real. I mean, no one just arrives. No, no. I mean, and everyone thinks that's <laughs> the way it works and it isn't. So let's go back to the sports psychology thing. Um, so sure. what, would, what would you tell, what would you tell somebody that's listening to this other than those? I mean, first of all, I'm going to do all of those this summer. I think those are great. Um, but what yeah. would you tell, what would you tell other than maybe, going and getting their masters in it what, what would you just tell a, a you know a, a high school coach in Iowa you know what could they do mm -hmm. for the team as far as sports psychology goes well I think one of the greatest uh web pages you can go to is um you know you can go find all sorts of sports psychology web pages out there but the AASP web page it's uh the oh gosh the association of applied sports psychologists um, you just go find it online, go Google it. Of course, um, there's a the ton of great, I'll, it, I'll find it. I'll find it and put it in the foot, in footnotes for people that are listening. So yeah, don't, that's don't a great place to go. Stop running is what I always tell people. I figure everyone's driving or running yeah. and they're listening to these things. Don't oh, sure. Absolutely. Don't okay. Go keep yeah. Going. That, I mean, I think going to the, going to find sources like that. I mean, that's a great source. Another person to look up is one of our students, Stu Singer, um, and I don't have his information right in front of me, but if you put in sports psychology, Stu, S-T-U, Singer, like, you know, S-I-N-G-E-R, you'll be able to find his webpage. Um, he has a lot of great stuff that he, he does. And, and then um, the other thing, too, is, you know, if you can find a sport psychology professional in your area, take advantage of using them. You know, I think that the you know, I work basically, I, what I'm doing is teaching and preparing people to go into that world, you know, when right. they get their master's or their doctoral degrees. And 
Um, so I think that's the other thing. I, just like in the one thing that a lot of coaches don't understand, and you know, we have so many, um, uh, you know, great resources. Like your videos are wonderful resources. Yeah. I, I watch them all the time, and I follow you uh, on Twitter and like a lot of stuff. Pretty much all the stuff you put up. But the we have we have those sources in doing drills and everything else. But the thing is, you know, there are sources out there for sports psychology too, that are just chock full of information for the, 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 you know, the lay person like us, you know, or, you know, most coaches that don't want to go and get a master's degree in it, but you know, it doesn't have to be anything, you know, crazy, uh, uh, you know, confusing. It's just, you know, like uh, the stuff I just shared. I mean, how, you know, that's not confusing. That's just, is thinking through stuff. So right. um, and, that's and I, what I would say. Yeah. And I, and I think, I, and I think this is again, for the young coaches out there, even the veteran ones, you know, I always think about all the different, all the different things I think of in terms of math, all the different things I need to be able to teach them. I need to be able to teach them the game of basketball, but I also need to teach them right. how to handle adversity. I also need to teach them how to get stronger. I also need to teach them how yep. to eat properly because their, their bodies are engines and, when they go to McDonald's, they're not feeding. So it's like, you know, I, I've dealt with people as far as nutrition and what we need to eat and when we need to eat it and it's tournament time. And then, you know, so this is really one piece that I think gets lost in that shuffle a little bit from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. From someone that's done it a lot. It totally does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. I mean, for me, like, yeah, I think uh, one of the things with, with sports psychology services or just doing anything, I mean, it's just, it's little things. But like, you know, a lot of people don't even think about competitive anxiety. They don't think about sports self-confidence. They don't think about, um, you know, panic. They don't think about any of those things. But kids go through it. Adults go through it. You know, it's, uh, it's just the way it is. And if we, it's how we handle it, uh, Steve. I mean, I, I, that's it in a nutshell, right. how we handle it. Yeah, we, and we all have it. All right, so let me, let's go do some basketball-specific questions here. Um, sure. All right. So if you could only do three things at a basketball practice, what would they be? Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you love it and you want to support us, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial as we talk. Subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Those Apple podcasts mean a lot to us. I read every one of them. Have a great day.
everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe, like, jump up and down. Tell us how, how great we are with uh, Basketball Coach Unplugged, uh, wherever you listen to them, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast, Castify. There's all sorts of them. Anchor. Um, anyway, uh, we would love those. We read every one of those. Um, also, go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. I'm challenging you right now. I, I would first of all challenge you that there's not another membership site like ours where, you know, you, you you can ask my members. You call, you email. I will I respond like that because this is my this is my thing. I lo- I love doing this. Um, also, go over and check out our other podcast, uh, High School Hoops with Jake and I. Once a week and teacher side gig. So especially for those teachers out there that are looking, can hear other teachers that are doing similar things and uh, keeping the <laughs> keeping the lights on in their in their houses. So let's head back to the podcast. First and foremost, I would do um, anything shell related defensively. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of times people don't want to do that in a practice, but you can be extremely creative in how you do it. Um, where you're doing more closing out, you're doing more work like that. So uh, I would say the other thing would be really working, uh, doing a a kind of a shooting workout in every practice where you you go through different um, uh, kinds of um, different kinds of moves, finishing moves, you know, whether it be Euro steps, pro hops, you know, whatever it might be. Um, And then the other thing, and this might sound, you know, this may sound crazy to some coaches, but hey, just get them up and down the floor and play a little bit. You know, I mean, uh, one thing about Ireland that was really just refreshing for me, and I'd be more happy to share about my experience of it. It was crazy. Uh, it was great. But um, the, the thing is, you know, I had a, an hour and 15 minutes to do a practice. And so I basically supersetted everything. And, you know, but at the end of practice, those kids, you know, they worked hard for 45 minutes. They want to get 20 minutes of scrimmage in. Right. I'm like, okay, I, don't, I want them to love the game. So I think getting up and down the floor, you know, for me, uh, you know, I've always been a drill, drill, drill kind of coach, and uh, and I still am. But the thing is, kids they want to play, and, and uh, that less. doesn't mean I'm going to go. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I've been I've been less. My 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 practices, first of all, have gotten shorter as I've gotten older because I think their attention spans. And I'd rather have a good hour twenty than a two hour that's horrible. And and yeah, and a lot of the stuff that we do is up and down the court. A lot of it's again, it's my, it's my whole Snapchat theory that things are quick in and out. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I'm not going to spend 25 minutes on our motion offense. If it isn't working, I'm going to spend three and then I'm going to go home and figure out what I can do the next day to make it better. Um, Cause you just, yeah. um, So yeah. Talk about Ireland a little bit too, when you come back here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I, I was over there for eight months and, you know, uh, Kieran Murphy, the guy I talked about earlier, who was a camp coach at Ragged Lake Boys Camp in New York right. State, he got in touch with my wife and I in fall of 2015. And, and he said, hey, uh, you know, my wife and I, by the way, we were full-time RVers, so we live a pretty cool life. Um, so he's like, hey, uh, he sends me a message on LinkedIn, when are you and Candy going to bring that RV to Ireland? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not putting an RV on a boat or anything, but right. I said, what do you have in mind? And so... You know, we had our 20th anniversary in the fall of 15 there. And and uh, and I said, uh, what do you have in mind? He's like, well, come, why don't you come over? I'll put you up for free in the – we have housing on the in the school because uh, it was a long-time boarding school. Right. And, uh, I'll, you know, it'll be free. We'll give you free meals, free housing. All you got to do is just do some coaching for us. I'm like, well, shoot, I, where, where can I sign up? So 
Candy and I uh, bought our tickets, went over and spent five weeks there, like a week in uh, Villefranche-sur-May, which is outside of Nice. And then we took a one one week cruise in Norway and we spent some time in Great Britain and whatever. And But we just fell in love with Ireland when we were over there. And um, I had a chance to interview for, uh, I sent my resume into basketball Ireland at the time. They had a couple of uh, coaching outs in their national program from uh, under 15 up to senior men and women. And so I thought, well, why not? I'll just see what happens. And uh, they got in touch with me and interviewed me. And, of course, I went home. Candy and I both did. Right. And we just, before we left, we put in a, uh, a proposal uh, to come back and work for the rest of the school year at St. Mary's College, which is the Catholic school that Kieran was a principal at. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you love it and you want to support us, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial as we talk. Subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Those Apple podcasts mean a lot to us. I read every one of them. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.